We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Today, I am going to be going over my top 32 big board for this year's draft. We will get to that in just a moment. Before we do so, we do have a couple notes from Saturday. First and foremost, yesterday, went through all potential free agents that I think Green Bay may still have some interest in this offseason. Listed one linebacker on that list. That one linebacker was Eric Wilson. Who did they sign back on Saturday? Eric Wilson. And this just seemed to make too much sense. Eric Wilson was somebody who was available for Green Bay to go pick up and sign midseason last year. There didn't seem to be a huge thirst for him uh, a season ago when he was available. Green Bay picks him up. He immediately becomes one of the best special teams players on the team. And who has been in charge of the team this offseason? Not really, but sort of seems like it. Rich Basaccia, who has basically gotten every single one of his key special teams players back, has gone out and gotten a couple new special teams players and a new long snapper as well as to various more. Getting Eric Wilson back certainly fits that as well. I joked on Twitter, completely joking, that it was almost like Brian Gutekunst had his hands full with the entire Aaron Rodgers situation. So said, hey, Rich, can you just take over the rest of free agency? You'll you'll address everything, right? And Rich is like, yeah, 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 yeah. You go do the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I'll take care of everything. And then Rich spent the entire allowance uh, of the remaining money on just special teams players. So totally joking. That's obviously not what happened. But uh, that is what it has seemed like, basically, because every free agent signing, re-signing, etc., has in some way, shape, or form helped this special teams unit. So I said, uh, "What? Well, I think we, I think I did a full episode on it, basically saying I love what Green Bay is doing from a special team standpoint. They don't have money to go out and spend. They can't go out and add big time playmakers to their offense. They can't go and add a big pass rusher or a big time playmaker to their defense. What can they do? They can continue to progress and evolve this special teams that has been a 
nightmare for decades, basically, and has finally shown some signs a season ago of improvement under Rich Basashi's helm. And now you really want to keep that momentum going. And I think bringing in a lot of these players back and bringing in some new blood is going to even improve that further this upcoming season. So Eric Wilson is back. Meanwhile, a linebacker that was on the team will officially not be back. That had been reported already by Bill Huber that Chris Barnes was not going to be back. But on Saturday, he signs with the Arizona Cardinals. So he officially, officially will not be a member of the Green Bay Packers in 2023. So Eric Wilson is back. Chris Barnes is gone. Just a real quick aside on Chris Barnes. What a cool story he was. Undrafted free agent during the COVID season where literally nobody, myself included, basically nobody talked about him through the entirety of training camp. And then Green Bay releases him at the end of training camp. And everyone's like, yeah, well, it was Chris Barnes. Everyone expected him to be released. And then he goes through waivers. No team claims him. They get him back on the practice squad. And then they immediately elevate him, I think, on Wednesday of that week. And then out of nowhere, he's the starter week one. And I think Chris deserves a ton of credit for how he came in, earned a spot, not only earned a spot, but earned a starting spot sooner rather than later and held that spot down pretty darn well until they started going out and getting Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, et cetera. So uh, definitely a really cool story with Chris Barnes. I asked uh, Brian Gutekinds about that basically. Maybe it was LaFleur. I forget. I asked somebody about it of like, how do you go about releasing your you know, week one inside linebacker starter, but the on cutdowns and the, like subjecting him to waivers. What if, what if he had, what if he had gotten claimed and basically Green Bay just took a gamble knowing that nobody, like nobody had access to the Packers training camp that year, remember, because it was the COVID season. So the only people that had access to Packers training camp, no fans, no scouts, no nothing was the media. And like I said, nobody in the media talked about Chris Barnes. So Green Bay released him having pretty good confidence that there was going to be no claiming of Chris Barnes by any other team. They took a, they, not a massive gamble, but they definitely took a gamble. The gamble paid off. They got Chris Barnes back. And again, he was their week one starter. So really cool story there for Chris Barnes, but now he is a member of the Arizona Cardinals. So that is it for news and updates from Saturday. As I mentioned, today's main topic is going to be my 32 player big board for this upcoming draft. A couple things here. This is from me watching all 22 tape and making my own individual evaluations. By no means is this finalized. This will certainly change as time goes on and I have even more time over the course of the next month to spend on this draft. But these are all players that I have scouted individually, that I have watched the All-22 tape for, and that I have given my own individual grades for. This is not based on anyone else's scouting report. This is not a mock draft. This is not how I expect them to come off the board. This is my individual rankings. For one of the very first times ever in Packaday history, this is not anything pack, you know, Packers specific. Meaning I'm not taking into consideration the Packers needs. I'm not taking into consideration the Packers scheme. I'm not taking into consideration the Packers whatsoever. This is just me as a independent evaluator with no specific team in mind, ranking who I think the best 32 players in this draft are. So not figuring in scheme, depth, fit, anything. And again, I have not read any scouting reports on any of these players. This is my own individual assessments. And as I go through these today, 
I'm going to go through them rather quickly. There's 32 players uh, that I'm going to go through. So I know there's only 31 picks in the first round, but I wanted to do 32 anyway. But I'm not going to give like full scouting reports. I'm going to give a couple notes here and there on each of these players. Obviously, if I did full scouting reports for 32 players, we would be here for quite a while. So this is just going to be more rapid fire, me giving you the list of names in order from 1 to 32 on my list. And then, like I said, a couple quick notes about each of them. So no more needs to be said. Let's go on and start with number one. Number one on my big board is CJ Stroud. And the quarterbacks are extremely hard to parse. And I will say this right now. If you have Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson or even Will Levis as number one on your quarterback board, I have no issue with it. I have no issue ordering them almost any way that you want between those four QBs. They all have tremendous upside. They all have the ability to be really good starting quarterbacks. They're all extremely unique. They all do things totally different. They all have flaws. They all have strengths. They are incredibly difficult to parse and break down. But as I watched these quarterbacks, the, the same player kept coming back to me over and over and over. And I don't know that CJ Stroud has necessarily one thing that he does the best of this group of four quarterbacks, but he does everything very, very well. And the more I watched him, the more it just felt like he was the obvious answer hiding in plain sight. Yes, Bryce Young, more accurate, maybe even a a little bit more mobile, right? You've got Anthony Richardson, who's a freak athlete who can scramble all over the place, make these huge highlight plays. Will Levis, massive arm, can quickly release the ball. You've got all of these special. Tra- I don't know that CJ Stroud does anything better, does it like has a superpower that any of those other quarterbacks don't have. He's just really good at everything. And the more I watched them, the, the more comfortable I felt with him. There were you know a couple things here and there that I think, of course, he needs to do better with, but he's had consistency at Ohio State. I love the way he plays the game. I love the way he competes. Yes, he's had some pretty special wide receivers in his time at Ohio State, but man, ultra talented QB. And he would be the guy I think I would not, I think that as of right now, I would feel most comfortable with taking at pick number one overall if I were making the decision as GM. Number two on my list, Bryce Young. And I know, I forget who it was, but somebody made the comparison of Bryce Young to Steph Curry and people just lost their minds. I love it. I love the comparison. And the reason being is like, and I think maybe people were saying like, Steph's a hall of famer. You're really going to say like Bryce Young is a hall of famer? No, that's not the point. The point being is that coming out of college, Steph was undersized. You could tell he was extremely talented. You had no idea how he's going to hold up in the NBA. There was nobody like Steph coming out of college that made it super successful in the NBA. And, you know, Steph was an incredible dribbler. He was super mobile. He could obviously hit shots from anywhere. There's a little bit of that. And then he had that great just swagger and and just that it factor. All those things are true about Bryce Young. We have no idea how he's going to fit in the NFL. His game is extremely unique. He has that same sort of swagger. He plays almost like a point guard. I love watching him play football. He is so fun. If you wanted to have him number one on your board, I would not argue with you at all. Easily could be the best player in this draft. Like I said, I just love watching him play. But the size, uh, I think it was, um, I forget who it was, uh, but somebody wrote a phenomenal piece on him that is basically just like, hey, it is not just that he is small or short. It is that he is like generationally small and short and and doesn't have the the size to like kind of back him up. That is a million percent true. And it is very interesting to see where teams are going to value him and exactly where he ends up going in the draft. He's probably going to go one or two, but man, super fun player to watch. And I'm just really excited to see uh, how 
how teams value him and, and what ultimately he can actually become in the NFL. Number three on my list is Anthony Richardson. And I played with him uh, being like number one on my list, number two, number three, even further down. I think there's a really good chance that Anthony Richardson just doesn't turn out, but his high-end playmaking is so incredible. And he's almost like the opposite version of what a lot of like bust quarterbacks are, meaning a lot of quarterbacks who are just career backups or just never quite make it have the short and intermediate game, but they never develop anything more. They never develop a real playmaking mentality. They never develop the ability to sort of lead their teams down the field with any sort of consistency, have have that, you know, just that, like they said, kind of with Bryce Young, that it factor. And the thing with Anthony Richardson is he has all the hard stuff. Like he has an incredible deep ball. He has an insane rocket laser arm. His mobility is incredible. Like he hits the home runs and there are some passes that he will miss down the field. No question about it, but he's a home run hitter, both as a runner and as a thrower. It's just the singles and doubles that he really struggles with. He struggles with just the simplicity of an offense. He struggles with making sure that things are complete over, that you're just kind of getting the ball out of your hands and making those easy completions sometimes. And that's why you see the the passive percentage go down and not be extremely high. There's just a lot of the fundamental stuff that he needs to work on. But while he's missing on some of those things, it's harder to mine because he's hitting all the big stuff. He's making these explosive plays with his legs. He's so talented and you don't want to be the GM that misses on this guy if in fact he does hit. The truth is, is that if every player hits in this draft, Anthony Richardson is by far and away the best player in this draft. Like if he hits his, he has the highest ceiling of anyone and he has an extremely low floor and I don't think he hits, but I think if you're taking like the risk reward here and just knowing that hey, you need a quarterback and you need it to pay off. I think you just gamble with Anthony Richardson and hopefully he figures it out, figures out the small things. And in the meantime, you let him just be a playmaker with the ball in his hands, allow him to chuck the ball downfield, allow him to make plays with his legs and hope that he figures out the simple stuff sooner rather than later. He is so fun to watch. So Stroud, Young, and Richardson, my top three. My number four is my first one that is not a quarterback and it may surprise you. It is Tyree Wilson. The moment I turned on the tape, the moment I turned on the tape, I love Tyree Wilson. I get Julius Peppers vibes from him. I think he can be an absolute freak show on the field. I think he's going to develop into a speed rusher, a power rusher, somebody who can drop in coverage, somebody that can do just about everything. I think he's going to hold up against the run. I think he is the perfect modern day edge with nothing that he can't do. Does he need to develop an overall better moveset? Yes. Does he need to use his hands better at times? Yes. But I am taking everything that I have and making sure that he develops in the NFL because he is the exact prototype of what you want along the edge. And yes, if you want to put Will Anderson ahead of him, no concern with that whatsoever. I totally get it. I totally understand it. Anderson's a freak. In fact, he is number five on my list. I see a little Von Miller. I see a little Derek Thomas. Too many missed opportunities, missed sacks, and I'd like to see him finish some of those plays. He will in the NFL. If you're an offensive tackle, you don't want to be going against Will Anderson. And like you could take him number one overall and I wouldn't have an issue with it. He's that talented. He's that good. And this could be one of those instances where we've seen Will Anderson be so successful for so long that maybe we're just almost immune to all the crazy good things that he does. And Tyree Wilson maybe feels a little bit more like the flavor of the week and we're like, oh, wow, like we're getting to spend a little bit more time with Tyree Wilson. But 
As I just looked at him, I liked Wilson a little bit better for his overall upside, but both these guys, phenomenal edge rushers. I expect them to be really, really good players in the NFL for an extremely long time. So Wilson four, Will Anderson five, Paris Johnson six. I think he is going to be a phenomenal left tackle in the NFL. I think he has every athletic attribute. I think he plays the game the right way. I think he's going to need to still develop some functional strength, but I think he's going to come in. The best thing I can say about offensive linemen when they're playing really well, I got bored watching Paris Johnson because he's just so consistent and just other defenders aren't winning against him. Christian Derrissaw was a a little bit, I I saw a better version of Christian Derrissaw when I watched Paris Johnson. I love Derrissaw coming out and I thought, I think Derrissaw has been fantastic for the Vikings and is really coming into his own. I think Paris Johnson is going to be a better version of that. Number seven, Christian Gonzalez. Love, love, love Christian Gonzalez. The tape is so incredibly fun. I see somewhere in between a Jair Alexander and a Greg Newsom Jr. Uh, who came out a couple years ago for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're just really good cover corners who play with play the game the right way, have that intensity, the click and close, the agility, and and Gonzalez has great size as well. It, you, it's really easy to see some Jair Alexander, except Gonzalez has better height and size too. He could be a just outstanding shutdown corner if he develops the right way. Not quite there yet. I would expect Jair to ultimately be the better corner long-term, but with Gonzalez's size, if he can get anywhere near that Jair level, Gonzalez is going to be better just based off his size and uh, overall length. So we'll see, but I think the, the sky is the absolute limit for Gonzalez, number seven on my list. Number eight is Peter Skaronsky. I don't care where you play him. Play him at tackle, play him at guard, play, play him at center. I think the huge thing here is he's just a really freaking good offensive lineman who understands leverage. He understands how to play the game. You see a little bit of Rayshon Slater. I think Slater was the better prospect coming out of college. I, I just think Slater was undervalued and underdrafted in that specific draft, but Skaronsky's right there with him. And I think the versatility is huge. Start him at guard if you need to, but if all of a sudden your left tackle, right tackle go down, you can play him at either of those spots. You can probably play him at center. Just it doesn't matter. He can be that Elton Jenkins where where, where do you need me today? All right, you need me right guard. I'll go play right guard. He's going to be a really good, probably fifteen year player in the NFL, and probably make some Pro Bowls alongside of that as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number nine on my list is Will Levis. He's a tough player to evaluate. He could be the best player in this draft. He could be somebody that busts out in four or five years. You see some Josh Allen. You see some Drew Locke. You see a little bit of everything in between. I'm more willing to take the risk on him because the upside is so high. I think there's a real chance that he can develop. I I love watching Will Levis. And listen, some of the some of the stuff even that he did at uh, the the scouting combine just didn't look supernatural. I don't know if he just got in his head a little bit, but 
I think he does just need to calm things down a little bit. I don't think this is going to be somebody who just comes in in year one and tears it up, but I do think that there could be a Josh Allen hiding in there. Do I expect it? No, that those are rare. Those are extremely, extremely rare. But and the, much like Will, uh, excuse me, much like Anthony Richardson, I should say, there's a extreme upside, but there is a low ceiling. And if I were betting, I'd say he probably fails. By the way, if you want to be a really good scout, if you want to, you know, sound really smart and have the best hit rate of any scout or talking head or any draft pundit in the history of the draft, just say everyone's going to fail. You will have the best hit rate. And yeah, you're going to miss on some guys uh, that obviously succeed, but the vast majority of players fail in the NFL uh, and that, that go from the draft into the NFL. So you can just say everyone's going to fail and you're going to have a pretty good hit rate. So uh, I don't know what, what Levis will ultimately become, but I really enjoy playing him. I think he's well undervalued at times by a lot of people. I think people just assume he's going to bust and I, I just don't see it. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I kind of like the him going to the Minnesota Vikings is interesting because you have the risk reward there and there's a, there is a good chance that potentially he just busts out. And, and he kind of seems like a player that would be very easy to like, if he was in purple and playing for the Vikings, that you could root against him pretty easily. But it would be a little bit scary too, because like I said, the upside there is incredibly high. Number 10, Joey Porter Jr. Love the length, love the natural way he plays the game. It's almost like he was born to play football. It's almost like he has some bloodlines there. But at corner, one of the biggest things I look for is just a swagger and just a naturalness to the way that they play the game. Like they were born to be a corner. And that's how I see Joey Porter Jr. I know some of the you know, like some of the corner skills, the mobility and stuff, people maybe don't see as well. I just think his length is going to play. I think his intensity is going to play. I think he's going to be a really good corner. Number 11, Devin Witherspoon. I know some people have him as corner one, some as corner two, like Porter, Gonzalez, and Witherspoon are all over the place. To me, Gonzalez is a good step above the uh, both Witherspoon and Joey Porter Jr. But if you wanted to put Witherspoon ahead of Joey Porter Jr., no issue there. I love his intensity. I love his physicality, the exact type of defensive back that Green Bay needs. I know he's undersized, but he just plays with that mentality that you absolutely love to see. He's going to make some defensive coordinator very, very happy. Number 12 is Nolan Smith, just oozing speed, just oozing intensity. He has so much energy. He's going to make your day so long. You have to know how to use him. You have to have a plan, but this is one of those players like Will McDonald, who we'll talk about a little bit later, and a couple others in this draft that Hassan Reddick probably made a lot of money because Hassan Reddick doing what he's done over the last couple seasons has given more hope for some undersized edge rushers. I don't think Nolan Smith's going to be Green Bay's particular cup of tea. He looks like a safety or he looks like a, yeah, looks like a safety playing edge rusher at times, but man, just a pain to go against because he's so explosive off the edge. He's going to make another defensive coordinator very, very happy. Number 13, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I've talked about him in the past. Smooth, constantly wins. Going to be a first down machine, a red zone machine, a playmaking machine. He's just really, really good. Don't overthink it. He's going to be a phenomenal receiver. Number 14, Darnell Wright, one of the first players that I really, truly fell in love with as I was watching the tape. I think he's going to be a decade plus long right tackle. I just love the way he plays the game. Ben Fennel and I had the same exact note on him. You see his hands on his hips quite a bit. Maybe always wasn't in the best shape. He's a freak athlete. If he gets in great shape, look out. He's going to be a stud as a right tackle. Number 15, Broderick Jones. I had him higher. I don't think the I don't think uh, just kind of the, uh, not, not necessarily skill set, but the technique. The technique is ultimately what needs a lot of work with Broderick Jones. I see a little Andrew Thomas with him though. Same college. Andrew Thomas went top five to the Giants, took him a little bit to click and develop. And then last year had a fantastic season. 
I see this very similar. And I think I had Thomas better than I had Broderick Jones coming out of the draft, but I do think he has the ability to develop into a pass protecting left tackle. I do think he has good size. I think I think he can become an all-around left tackle too. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer than maybe Darnell Wright and uh, Skaronsky and uh, Paris Johnson Jr. as well. But I do think he can still be a very top-tier left tackle in the league. Number 16 is Kalaja Kansi. He is not Aaron Donald. It doesn't matter. He's just really freaking good. Yes, he's a pass rusher first. I think he gets overlooked as a run defender. I think he's going to hold up just fine. Love the leverage he plays with. Love the intensity he plays with. He has a super power, his ability to get lateral and then explode up the field. He could go higher and it wouldn't surprise me at all. He is so good, so freaking talented. And I just love watching him play football. Number 17, have no idea what to do with running backs anymore. But John Robinson deserves to be much higher on this list. He's 17 for me. I'm not a draft running backs in the first round kind of guy. Christian McCaffrey's trade last year did give me some value that, hey, if you draft Bajan Robinson and he's great and your team's just not working out, you could still recoup some draft picks like the Panthers did last year with Christian McCaffrey. But man, like He's he's awesome. He's so fun to watch. He is worthy of being a, a top five player in this draft. That is how freaking good he is. It's just running backs are under like are devalued. There's not a ton there. And yes, he can affect you in the passing game as well, which helps. But this is where I ultimately come to. I put him at 17. If you have him higher, I get it. If you have him lower and just don't believe in taking running backs in the first round, totally get that too. Ultimately, right now I have him at number 17 on my board. Number t- uh, number 18, excuse me, is Jalen Hyatt. Love Jalen Hyatt. There are things to his game that you ultimately want to see him develop more and get better at. The superpower is good enough for me that you watch what he did against Alabama. You see what he does with his speed. Yes, he needs to be better after the catch. He needs to play more physical, but he has the ability to just open up the entire game with his ability to separate down the field. He'll get miles of separation. Yes, it was against college teams, and he's going to have to show that he can do it in the NFL. And Tennessee did a great job of scheming him so that he did not have physicality at the line of scrimmage that he had to go against. They basically schemed him so that he got free releases. But an NFL team, if they're smart, will do some of the exact same things with him. And I think that's just one of those players that you're going to have to be cognizant of at all times if you're a defensive coordinator, because he can go deep at any time. He's got good hands and I, I just think that he will absolutely open up an NFL offense. At worst, you're looking at an MVS. He's, they're not the same player, but like an MVS sort of impact where a team still has to be aware of his deep speed and it opens up things for everyone else. I think Hyatt's much, much better than that. So he comes in at number 18 on my list. Number 19 is Jameer Gibbs. Same thing as Bajan Robinson. In fact, I don't I don't think Gibbs gets the credit he deserves. I think he's very close to Bajan Robinson to me. And the thing about Gibbs, I know a lot of people compare him to Kamara. I think he's better than Kamara coming out of college. And I see some Jamal Charles in his game. And man, like you get a prime Jamal Charles. Whew, like I, I think people forget just how freaking fantastic Jamal Charles was. That is a player that will add a ton to your offense. He has a crazy speed element. He's a playmaker. Just get the ball in his hands and let him do work. Love Jameer Gibbs. Might've been my favorite tape to watch, honestly. That's how explosive and fun he is. Number 19 on my list. Number 20, Lucas Van Ness the classic Packers type of pick. Wasn't wasn't like a stud in college. Was good, but wasn't like their go-to guy. In fact, he didn't start for Iowa. He's going to be a much better pro than he was a college player. This is scouting 101. Like 
project what they're going to become. Don't tell me what they were. What they were in college is irrelevant. What are they going to be in the NFL? And Van Ness checks every single box. He could be one of the best edge rushers in this entire draft. He can play strong. He can play fast. He uses good hands. And his best football is still ahead of him. He doesn't have a ton of wear and tear in his body. Comes out of a Big Ten school that's done pretty well overall with line play, both on offense and defense. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. Would not shock me if Green Bay maybe wanted to go in his direction with pick 15. So Van Ness at number 20. Michael Mayer at number 21. See some Travis Kelsey in his game, but I think he has the ability to be a good blocker. I know tight ends are extremely volatile, but really, really like Mayer's game, and he comes in at number 21. I'm going to go through a little bit more speed round through the remainder of these. 22 is Darnell Washington, a little bit of a supercharged Mercedes Lewis. Lewis, a much better blocker at this point, but Washington is an absolute freak, and I do think he has the ability to become a better playmaker in the NFL than what he was in college as well. He's the whole package. He's a force multiplier, going to help every aspect of your offense. Number 23, Dalton Kincaid, who could be much higher on this list. The lack of testing because he's been injured this entire offseason, as I think is going to affect him in some capacity. If you wanted to put him as number one tight end on the board, would not have an issue with that at all. In fact, I think the top four tight ends in this draft are very interchangeable, and I could see people going in a variety of different directions. Really excited to see how the NFL teams evaluate these four tight ends. Number 24 is Deontay Banks. I don't think he gets enough credit for his movement skills. I think people think he's a little bit more rigid than what he is, but I love his size. I love his athleticism, and he's going to be a very good corner for a long time. Number 25, Quentin Johnston. I am scared to death of big 12 wide receivers, just like everyone else should be at this point, but I just don't see how you watch this guy play and say like, yeah, he can't, he's, he's going to bust and there's, we can't find a way to have him help our team. He's, he's really good, good after the catch, great size, good hands, makes plays. You want a little bit more out of him. He needs to become a more nuanced route runner, needs to become more nuanced with his releases, but he's an athletic freak who I just can't imagine you can't find a way to have him help win games free. Like he, he's going to help you in some capacity. There's no way he won't. Number 26 is Jordan Addison. Actually, uh, I think he's a little bit like Greg Jennings. The only issue is Jennings, like they have almost, they have similar testing, but Jennings was 20 pounds heavier and it just gives Jennings a little bit more run after the catch ability, a little bit more physicality, a little bit more durability. I like Addison. The testing wasn't great. He was good, but not like insanely good at USC. I think he's going to be a good receiver. Just I don't know. He's a very tough one to evaluate. It wouldn't surprise me if he ended up going second round instead of first based on his testing. Number 27 is Luke Musgrave. See a little Jimmy Graham. Uh, see a little um, uh, Dallas Goddard. Excuse me. That's the name I was looking for there. Uh, Dallas Goddard and Jimmy Graham in his game. Tall. Not exactly the most physical after the catch. Loses his balance a little bit too often. Not a great blocker, but he's got some speed after the catch. Can hit the seam. Great size. Good hands. think he's going to be a playmaker in the NFL. Number 28 Number 28 is a name you've probably been waiting for, and you're probably just thinking I missed him up until this point, and you're like, oh, Andy forgot someone. I have Jalen Carter at number 28. I have no idea what to do with Jalen Carter, and the the truth is that some team is just going to pick him higher than where I would value him, and you can watch his tape. It's top five tape. It might be number one tape. No question about it. He is a freaking stud. It's up to you, and your mileage may vary as to where you value him a lot of red flags. Here, here's the thing that I struggle with with Jalen Carter. If he just basically, you know, stayed out of trouble, and I know that the I don't even want to get into the whole 
you know, speeding and potentially lying to a police officer. I don't know the full, the, like the full extent of those details. So I don't want to go into it, into it too much for that very reason, but push that aside, take that out of the equation entirely. If he just keeps everything as clean as possible, he's a top five pick easy, easy, easy. And instead, yes, you had the legal issue, which is a, a red flag in and of itself. But then at his pro day, you show up out of shape. You can't finish the drills and the, just the decision-making, like just don't do the stuff. If you're not ready, if you're not, you know, hundred percent, if you're not in shape, just don't do it. Like just say, hey, I, you know, I have a little bit of a hamstring issue, just flared up a little bit, nothing major, but I just, you know, I'd feel more comfortable if I didn't do drills. Like all you had to do was just have good interviews not do any testing and you're a top five pick because your tape is that freaking good. And just the decision-making process throughout the entirety of this, and then showing up out of shape, not being able to finish drills, looking terrible in those drills. Like there's a lot of red flags at this point for Jalen Carter. Some teams going to value him high. Wouldn't be surprised if like Seattle takes him early. That's a classic thing that they would do in that type of situation. Just go out and get a very, very good player and trust their system. But if he starts to fall, it would not surprise me either. Just a few too many red flags. Super talented player. Super, super talented player. Top five player easily in this class. Maybe number one. But I, I just think there's a few too many red flags at this point. Number 29, Will McDonald. Late first round, Nolan Smith, who we talked about earlier. Great athlete. Played in a unique system. Going to see. Uh, Going to be very interested to see where teams value him. I think he's probably early round two, but could easily be mid to late round one as well. Miles Murphy, another guy I have a little bit lower. Speed rusher, best fit in my opinion as a as a wide nine player. Put him at, you know, hand in the dirt, put him way out wide. Detroit would be a great, great fit for him. Uh, but I saw too many deficiencies in his game. Saw, you know, just not holding up at the point of attack. Felt like he was kind of a one-trick pony as a speed rusher. Didn't really drop back in coverage all that well. Like I just think there's some things that need to get improved. I think he's still a really good player, but just not necessarily my perfect cup of tea at this point. Number 31 is Brian Branch. Tape is really, really fun. Even he gets a chance as a punt returner, houses the punt return for a touchdown. But at this point, he's an undersized slot who didn't test really well. And where do you want to value that? That's probably an end of round one, early round two type of guy. I think he can be really good, but he's a slot and he's undersized and he didn't test well. And that's going to be an issue and probably what drops him down the board a little bit. Number 32, last but not least, Brian Brzee. I've had times where I've watched this. I've watched probably more Brian Brzee tape than anyone else, than anyone else in this class, I should say. I'm sure there's other people who've watched more Brian Brzee tape than I have, but I've watched more of him than anyone else in this class. There are times where I put on the tape and I'm like, this, like, just close everything. He's a top five pick. I'll watch him again. I'm like, I don't think he's a first rounder. I'll watch him again. I'll be like, man, like what he could become is the next JJ Watt. I'll watch him again. I'm like, this guy's going to bust out. He's easily going to bust out. And, and meaning like he's going to be a bust. I, I Ultimately, I think he's Taven Bryan. I think Taven Bryan was a very similar player. I think late first round pick for the Jaguars, if I remember correctly. Super talented, has everything you need to be the mo- one of the most successful defensive linemen in the league. Just something's missing. Just can't put it all together. Don't know why. Maybe it comes in the NFL with NFL coaching. Would not surprise me. Um, really sad story with his family and what he's had to overcome. I really want to see him succeed. I really, really want to see him succeed. I kind of want to make him one of my guys, but I just can't get there. 
I, at the end, if he ended up going in the top 10 to some team that really believed in him, I would get it because the flashes are incredible. Like I said, they are JJ Watt-esque flashes, but you'll see him get washed out of plays, play too high, doesn't play with great leverage, his techniques all over the place. I don't know what to do with him, but super, super talented player, former number one basic recruit in the, in college football. I don't know. He, he could be a absolute stud. He could be somebody that's out of the league in three, four years. That's that's the risk reward with Brian Brzee. I'm going to ultimately have him right now at number 32 on my list. So that is going to do it. Uh, I'll recap the, all those in order one more time. Stroud at number one, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson rounding out the top five. Paris Johnson, Christian Gonzalez, Peter Skaronsky, Will Levis, and Joey Porter, six through 10. 11 is Devon Witherspoon, then Nolan Smith, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Darnell Wright, and Broderick Jones. Number 16 is Kalijah Kansi, followed by Bajan Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, Jameer Gibbs, and Lucas Van Ness. 21 is Michael Mayer, followed by Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid, Deontay Banks, and Quentin Johnston. 26, Jordan Addison, Luke Musgrave, Jalen Carter, Will McDonald, and Miles Murphy. 31 is Brian Branch, and 32 is Brian Brzee. Thank you so much for joining me today. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow. Perry Goldstein and Alex Strofe will be joining me, so make sure to check that out. Subscribe if you haven't already. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.